Welcome to Delight in Grace, the teaching ministry of Rich Powell, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Winston-Salem. Author Edmund Clowney wrote, It is the privilege of those who are sons and daughters of the Most High to imitate the magnificence of their Father's mercy. They rise above simple justice to reflect God's goodness and love. We are called to overcome evil with good. As people who are free, it's our privilege to champion what is true, right, and good. This world is passing, and we are free to live for the greater reality that full righteousness and satisfaction are coming when we are eternally with Christ. There's only one before whom we will stand in the end, so we must live with His opinion in mind. My reflection of Christ and the glory of God are higher priorities than protecting my rights, my comfort, and my survival. Today is the final part of the message titled Faithful Through Sorrow, first preached on October 16th, 2022. People need to be reconciled to God. And if any of your endeavors and behaviors in public that would obstruct an opportunity for you to help someone be reconciled to God, you are walking in sin. You are placing the lower kingdom above the higher kingdom, the higher eternal kingdom. The greatest need of humanity is not social, political. All right, so let's finally, let's look at this now, all right? The secret to freedom. Live as people who are free, people who understand and know the nature of their freedom. The secret to freedom, applying it today Injustice from Frana. I'm going to, we know who Fran is. I'm introducing you to Frana. <laughs> Friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, and authorities. Some of us may feel injustice from authorities. How do you engage that? How do you perceive it? How do you engage it? There is something in the text today that could be very, very easily overlooked as we read it superficially, but look at it with me again. Verse 18, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the just. Here it is, verse 19, For this is a gracious thing when, next three words, mindful of God. Mindful of God. What does that mean? It means you acknowledge God at the very least. It means that you are aware of God's will. You are familiar with his character and his purpose. And you are exercising your conscience towards God. So let me put it this way. Mindful of God means you are practicing the presence of God. Now, here he is again talking to household slaves in the first century. He says, you need to be practicing the presence of God. And whatever situation of injustice that you might find yourself, in which you might find yourself, even there you must practice the presence of God. What does that mean? I think it means at least two things. Number one, if I practice the presence of God in whatever situation I find myself, nothing changes the fact that I am His chosen and beloved. Regardless of the situation of injustice I might find myself. I am his chosen and beloved. And secondly, I keep the big picture in view. Mindful of God, I am his chosen and beloved, and I keep the big picture in view. Chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. That's why I'm asking you to memorize it. 
Keep that big picture in view. That big, big picture is about his character and his purpose. Where is all of this going? What is the end? What is the finish line? What is coming for me? So I want to introduce to you here this morning five habits of thought of one who is free, even if you might find yourself in a situation of injustice, and even if you might think you have no recourse against this injustice. Here are five habits of thought of one who is free, if indeed you are free. If you are not free this morning, if you are not in Christ, if, he, if you have not experienced, if you have not accepted and surrendered yourself to his freedom from the bondage and penalty of sin, and you are not reconciled to God so that you can know him and enjoy him, you can't do these five things. You can't think these five things. But it begins with our attitudes, and here they are. Number one, I am not the defender of my life. Think about it now. Peter writing to a first century household slave, and this household slave has a master, an owner, who is unjust, unreasoning, maybe even cruel. And Peter is instructing this person, you are not the defender of your life. Psalm 27, 1, God is my refuge and strength. I will not fear what man can do to me. He is the avenger. And then, of course, the very well-known passage, Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. You know it, don't you? Romans 8, 31 to 39. What a beautiful text of Scripture for someone who might find themselves, themselves in a circumstance of, of injustice without feeling any recourse. I am not the defender of my life. God is my refuge and strength. I am chosen and beloved. This is involved in being mindful of God, of it being a gracious thing in the sight of God. So it's keeping the gospel of grace at the very foundation of my attitudes. And God himself is in focus. As the writer of Hebrews says, I keep my gaze fixed on Jesus Christ. Thought, num- habit of thought number two. This is a passing reality. This is not the end for me. This is a passing reality. I live for the line, not the dot. Some of you might be busy saying, what on earth does he mean by that? Let me say it real quick. From that wall to that wall, there's a line going, and it re- represents all of time, all of eternity. Your life of 70, 80, 90 years is a tiny little speck on that line. If you are in Christ, you have all of eternity to enjoy God and thrive in his presence. That's living for the line. If I'm living for the dot, all of my resources and energies go into protecting me here and now. And it's a waste of time. This is a passing reality. Full righteousness and satisfaction are coming. Again, 1 Peter 1, 3-9, Psalm 16. In your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Yes, I know, it's a messianic prophecy of Messiah, Jesus Christ. But if I'm in Christ, it's mine too. Habit of thought number three. There is only one before whom I will stand in the end. So I live for the opinion of one. Don't have the time but I want you to read 1 Corinthians 2, 4, verses 2 to 4, and then 2 Corinthians 5, verses 9 through 10. God is my judge. I live for his opinion alone. 
Habit of thought number four. In God's economy, good overcomes evil. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God would not give us that command if it were not a true promise. In God's economy, good overcomes evil. And some of you might be thinking, man, you know, it just doesn't feel like it. We do so much good, and it's never recognized. It never seems to make any difference. That's why you're not God. God sees the end, and in his economy, good overcomes evil. And that's a guarantee. He gives us plenty of examples of that in Scripture. Daniel's one of them. Daniel was faithful in sorrow. Number five, this is, a, this is a key, they're all key, okay, but this is a key one. My reflection of Christ, the gospel, and the glory of God are higher priorities than protecting my rights, my comfort, and my survival. So many examples in scripture. Hebrew, this is what Hebrews 11 is about. And the example of Joseph, the examples of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament, the example of the apostles in Acts chapter 4. They were commanded by the authorities, you cannot teach in the name of Jesus. What did they do? They went back to the other followers of Christ, they prayed, and they continued proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. Because they knew that their reflection of Christ and the gospel and the glory of God was a far higher priority than protecting their rights, their comfort, and their survival. Hebrews chapter 11 is a great cloud of witnesses. Are you willing to be a part of that great cloud of witnesses? Or are you more interested in protecting your rights and your comfort and your survival? This faithful disposition in circumstances of sorrow... Being faithful through sorrow is what Peter says here at the end of verse 20. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. So let me conclude today with reading the words from an old song by Steve Green. Not the one that's been here every once in a while, but the the musician Steve Green. Find us faithful. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road, and those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May that be our prayer this morning as we seek and resolve in our hearts and minds to be obedient to the word of God as it has been presented to us today. Father, I pray that the truth, the meaning, the transforming power of your word would be at work by your spirit in the hearts and minds of your people in spite of the presenter, Father. We are bound by your word because we are your people and you have put your spirit within us. So, Father, may it be our undying resolve to reflect Christ, to live the gospel, to live for the glory of God alone. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing in our hearts and our minds. And I pray for your protection upon us in this way, that you would empower us by your spirit and enable us through your word, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
We're so glad you've joined us for Delight in Grace, the teaching ministry of Rich Powell, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Winston-Salem. You can hear this message and others anytime by visiting our website, www.delightingrace.com. You can also check out Pastor Rich's book, Seven Words That Can Change Your Life, where he unpacks from God's Word the very purpose for which you were designed. Seven Words That Can Change Your Life is available wherever books are sold. As always, tune in to Delight in Grace, weekdays at 10 a.m. Thank you.